Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 76 of the Beers and Bible podcast. Happy Cinco de Mayo. La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. Actually, that's all I know. Is this coming out a little after Cinco de Mayo, actually? Are we going to be a little late? Yeah, it's like May 7th. Anyway, anyway, uh, this is Michael. And uh, I'm Anthony. And we are happy to be with you for another installment of the Beers and Bible podcast. Yes. Um, the, it's gonna be a fun one tonight. It too. will be the the Cinco de Mayo <laughs> reference will make a lot of sense. Actually, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you kind of know what we're doing tonight. That's um, right. But we're uh, we're gonna get in that in a minute. Anthony, yes. How's your week going? Y'all have been all out this week. <laughs> yes. I almost used so, another phrase, but I don't think it would be appropriate <laughs> for the Beers and Bible podcast. <laughs> also, can you do me a huge favor, real quick, and turn your yes. camera to landscape? Oh shoot! Sorry. Oh, I want to see more of your, I don't know, room. I guess I don't. There know. you go. You just don't want to see my bald head. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, man, I'll tell you what. We have been busy. Work has been insane because we are growing our company. Mm-hmm. Um, we are expanding. We are growing and bringing in more people, and that means lots of more work for me to do. Um, and so it has been. Uh, a learning experience, uh, lots of things to to get to know, and lots of people to meet, and um, it's been fun. But yes, uh, busy does not even begin to touch it of what I've been for the last two weeks, really, and probably on into the next couple of weeks. Um, I feel like I need somebody to like schedule my day for me and tell me where to go and what to do. Like I hear about these people who do a ton of stuff, and I feel like they have somebody that's like, all right. You've been here for two hours. Now you have to go here and do this for two hours. And then they just like, somebody tells them where to go and they just do it. Right. So that's where I've been. How about y'all? What's been going on in y'all's world? You know, work's been okay. Work hasn't been too crazy right now. My stress is mainly at home. Uh, we have an almost three-year-old and, mm. um, you know, he's like full-blown th- full blown three-nager. Like... <laughs> Like we, you know, the, everyone taught, you know, you used to hear about the terrible twos and he was fine, you know, yeah. as, as most of the way through two. And then in the last really about two weeks, it's been a very defiant, very, mm-hmm. uh, not wanting to listen. He's learned how to stall really well. Yep. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, we're having to work around that. But, I'm going to encourage you here and let you know that that doesn't stop when they turn four. Awesome. So. Well, I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need more than one drink tonight, I think. So anyway, um, but yeah, we're good. So, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're just keep on keeping on. We're, I'm not as busy as you are, but I'm also not 
high up in a company that just bought two other companies. So, <laughs> or two other offices, I should say. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is, it's companies that we bought mm-hmm. um, and we're turning them into extensions of our business is yeah. what we're doing. So, but it's good. It's that's good stuff for y'all. It'll, yeah. You said in a Texas week is like right now, I, I don't really care for it in six months. It'll be, it'll all be worth it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Just the, it was funny. It, it was I was actually laughing today because somebody came into my office and I was, you know, working numbers and doing stuff, and uh, they're like, "Hey, uh, did you look at that thing I gave you?" And I was like, "No way, man! You gave me that yesterday. I'm still working on Monday's stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even got to Wednesday yet." <laughs> yeah. So that that'll let you know how busy I have been. Um, I'm about four days behind right now, but yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, you'll eventually so, catch up. So, Michael, what are we going to do on the Beers and Bible podcast tonight in honor of Cinco de Mayo? So, in honor of Cinco de Mayo and in honor of uh, viral TikTok trends, <laughs> of which, like, I know nothing. Um, circa 2020. This this drink is circa 2020. <laughs> so, this isn't even... I guess, I guess that makes sense. So, we are tonight, for the first time in, oh, I don't know... Beers and Bible history. Well, no, I was going to say the first time. First time in 10 episodes, we're going to do the same drink. Yes, we are. The last time was when we had Steve on with Free Time Brewing. Um, And even then, I don't think, even then, I only drank one. You drank both, I think. So even then, it wasn't exact. It's been a while since we both did the exact same thing. But tonight, we are going to do the viral TikTok drink, the Corona Sunrise. Um, and we are it's a it's a mixed drink, so it's the first mixed drink that we're going to review on the Beers and Bible podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are kind of breaking some other rules um, as far as <laughs> um, you know trying to steer clear of the big major box company beers. Yeah. But um, in honor of Cinco de Mayo and in honor of viral TikToks, we are going to uh, do this for for that. So. Um, in a Corona Sunrise, you have um, it's a twelve ounce uh, bottle of Corona, mm-hmm. where you you take a you take a little sip off the top to mm-hmm. make yourself a little room because you're adding other stuff into it, um, and then you add in. I've got so here here's here. Let me show you. I have a <laughs> shot of orange juice. Nice. And then I've got. An entire bottle of tequila. <laughs> so, so you're gonna pour the beer into the bottle of tequila? Is that so, what you're doing? So anyway, yeah, I've got a, I've got it's orange juice, tequila, Corona, um, grenadine syrup, and then either a lime or lemon wedge, depending on what you have. Traditional lime and Coronas, unless mm-hmm. your wife threw out all the limes, and then you get a lemon wedge, which is what <laughs> I had to do. So. Um, do yeah, what you got to do. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do that. We're going to mix it live here. Um, yes. Anthony, uh, by his own admission, has only had like one sip of one Corona in his entire life. So he's going to have yes. to get at least that much down to mix the drink. Yes. Um, <laughs> this will be the most Corona I have ever drank in my entire life. And I, um, back when the pandemic started, I bought Corona, ironically, and um, <laughs> just because it was fun to do. So... Um, what tequila are you using? Because I think so it's different. I've than what got I'm using. Um, this is called Luna Zul. 
Lunazole. Okay. Lunazole. Yeah. And it is. I actually really like this tequila. It's not. It's not very expensive. Um, it's only forty percent, so it's twenty proof. So it's not terribly strong. No, you, um, that's the wrong way. If it's forty percent, it's eighty proof. Eighty proof. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's still not terribly strong. Right. Um. But I really like this one because it's it's just a smooth, good tasting tequila. Is that a wolf um, on the cap? It is. Yes, it is a wolf on the cap. Dope. That's really cool. Yeah, I really like their bottles too. Their bottles are kind of fun. So yeah, um, I have Lunazul, and then I have my Roses Grenadine, and then I have my Walmart um, orange juice. Cool. Um, and then I have my little baby funnel to get it all into my Corona <laughs> bottle without spilling it. <laughs> I'm probably gonna spill. So I've got, like I said, I've got a shot glass of. Um, Simply Juice or OJ, no pulp. Um, mm-hmm. I'm using. No pulp's the only way to go. Well, I actually like pulp, but my son doesn't, so that's what we have in the house. Oh, um, okay. I'm using the Master of Mixes Grenadine Syrup, um, mm-hmm. and then I've got uh, the Jose Cuervo Silver Tequila. So nice. it's also uh, 80 proof, 40% ABV. Um, yeah. Cuervo is just, you know. We use the gold for margaritas and stuff at the house, so I just figured mm-hmm. Cuervo's a safe, safe place to sit. So yes, it um, is. I guess let's get started with cracking open our Coronas and uh, taking Turn a little. Well, we got to take a little off the top, and then that's true. And you uh, apparently you mix this in the bottle. Yes, so, I think that's the whole point is you have to mix it in the bottle. So we're gonna do it exactly like they do it on TikTok. Um, where you take a sip off the top and you mix everything in the bottle. You plug it with your thumb. I mean, the whole, you do the work. So we're going to do it. Well, so let's thing, take the lids yeah, off first here. First thing we got to do is open them. So that's let's, right. Let's take care of that. Here we go. Three, two, one, pop. And gum it. I got my cap, cap gum back tonight. My, uh, this bottle opener is not great. <laughs> I'm still struggling with the cap. So, okay, there we go. All right, so uh, first impressions, that smells like Corona, like 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 cheap beer, like a What's, dude. So this on a, uh, this proves that I don't drink Corona. A six pack of Corona was eleven dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I didn't had no idea it was that much. Yeah. So <laughs> how much is a sip? Like down to where the neck starts to bend a little bit. Yeah, I think okay. you're supposed to take it down to where the neck bends. Okay. Well, I guess so you have room to put stuff in let's do that i guess here we go all right so how much of like i know i know the ingredients i don't know how much of what we're supposed to be putting in this thing um i think it's supposed to be like almost to the top so okay well i know I've only got, i know it's i've only got a, a little bit of oj so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a little dash of grenadine i mean just like a few drops just enough to turn it red i'm gonna figure out how i'm gonna do this without spilling and then oh 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 ah, uh, that's where my little funnel's going to come in handy. Well, here. not all of and us then... have funnels, Anthony. <laughs> oh god, oh god. That orange juice made my. Someone do a... just a cup, just a couple uh just a couple drops on the bottom there. You said almost to the top, right? Yeah. I'm just going to pour the tequila right in and. I'm definitely doing the majority of mine tequila. Okay, there's tequila. Okay. And then the grenadine is just for color, right? Pretty much, yes. Just to make it look like a sunrise? Our listeners are like, we do not care about this at all. 
<laughs> you're you're getting to hear us mix our drinks live on on camera. Well, not on camera, in your ears. Oh, oh. Okay. Stop. 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 <laughs> We're good. And then after you do all of that, uh-huh. You take the lime wedge and shove it in. Well, I'm going to have to drink mine down a little bit, I think. I think I, I, don't, I don't I don't this may not get in the bottle. Ooh. I didn't cut my lemon small enough to get in, so I'm just going to have to deal with it. Is yours a cool color? It is. I think I have too much because mine's not mixing very well. Let me let me see what yours is doing because I'm I'm just curious. Oh, you got more red in yours than I do. I also have spilled. <laughs> I've got it everywhere. All right, I'm gonna put a little more grenadine, and then I gotta I gotta mix. So. Okay, that's good. I'm right trying there. to get my mix because like all of my tequila is on top, and if I take a sip, I don't want it to. You don't want to be just tequila. Yeah, there we go. So you after you get everything in there. Oh god. You're supposed to uh -oh. shake it up. Oh god. I'm definitely gonna need a towel for this. <laughs> I got beer on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it all over my desk. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay, I think that's good. That's that'll do. I need a napkin, and um, I don't know what else I need. So, are you gonna leave all this in the recording? Yes. I <laughs> okay. Two idiots about... trying to try to figure out how to mix a Corona. <laughs> it is clear that we don't TikTok very much. Um, I'm also gonna text my wife real fast. Maybe we didn't say... get. Um, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to text my wife. I'm not going to text your wife. I'm going to text mine. <laughs> okay. So we've got these things mixed up. They are a pink fuzzy color. And that is, I think that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, I, I think we should have drank down a little bit further than we did. That's what I'm we should thinking. have not put as much tequila in there as we did. <laughs> <laughs> so we have them. They're mixed up. Corona Sunrise. Here we go. Bottom. I up. guess. Yeah, let's go for it. I guess. That's terrible. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> I mean, it's. She doesn't want to try it. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. I. I don't know if it's the beer or the fact that I. Didn't get my lime squeezed in good enough. Maybe I should have done the lime first. I don't know. Um, this is gonna be taste, hard. This is gonna be hard to give Luthers to. That's true because yeah. we're we're not bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> we might have made this wrong. Um. All right, so I'm not a huge fan of Corona anyway. Mm -hmm. Obviously, since I've never drank it before. What I was about to say. But, like, okay, this tastes like a flat margarita to me is what it tastes like. That's fair. You know? Um, I'll, and I love margaritas. Like, I make a, I call it the bourbon Rita. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Michael, Michael is aware of my bourbon Ritas. He knows how good they are. I, I consider myself a connoisseur of margaritas. 
but I just added more tequila to mine. That's what that's what I think of what I'm what's going on over here. <laughs> I wonder what happened if I put if I tried to squeeze this other lime in, in here. But look, okay, so give let's let's strip back expectations a little bit. Okay. So we we're not following like a strict recipe at all. We didn't have it pulled up. We were kind of going kind of by the. Oh gosh. I think the flavors are there. Maybe the mm-hmm. execution's not there. And maybe if you use a different beer, <laughs> maybe yeah. that would help. So I added. I think maybe I didn't get my lime squeezed in good enough because I just squeezed a second lime wedge and actually like squeezed it out first. Mm-hmm. And it has improved drastically. Okay. So maybe I just needed a little bit more lime. That's what was making it bland. Yeah. But it's still... I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a fan of Corona, and that's what I don't like about it. Because I do like grenadine, and I like tequila, and I like orange juice. So... I don't know what there's not to like about this other than the beer. Oh, Lord. Oh, I heard that spewing. <laughs> well, I added, so I said I added more tequila. I went ahead and added more grenadine, too, to get more color to mine. Yeah. Um, I actually think the flavors are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Corona's Corona, and it's always going to be Corona. Yeah, um, I actually do think this improves Corona pretty drastically. <laughs> um, corona by itself is probably a two at best. Yeah, like and that, that is like at best a two. Um, anytime you add tequila to the equation, you're going to improve your um, this this experience. I mean, I'm not saying this is a five or four Luther thing. Um, <laughs> And like I said, it's hard. It's hard to give Luthers to a cocktail drink, but yeah. if we have to do it, um, I'll I'll give it three. I'll give it three Luthers. I mean, okay, I'll, I can go. Th- I can go three Luthers too. I'll. I mean, like I said, the flavors are pretty. Are I just realized that the C's on the Corona and the Cuervo bottle are almost the same. That's weird. Of course they are. Um, no, but I mean, I really do think the flavors are there. The it, the tequila and the grenadine and the orange juice work very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe using Corona as your base is a bad, bad spot, bad spot to start. You know, I'll make one for my wife. She she will actually probably like this a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little curious what using gold tequila would be different versus clear. Um, yeah. But gold tequila's got a little more bite to it most it, of the time. It does. And so and you can um, you can definitely like my wife says, you can definitely taste the difference by themselves, you know, when it's kind of independent of other stuff. So, yeah. um, I mean, three Luthers isn't bad. It's no. weird for me to have back to back threes, honestly. <laughs> but also, I think we need to probably put an asterisk next to this. This is a yeah. a mixed mixed drink. So, um <laughs> I can see the appeal at least. I, I can definitely yeah. see the appeal to certain a certain demographic, if you will. 
the TikTok demographic. Is if you know saying? what I mean, <laughs> people who frequent TikTok, TikTok would be the demographic. So, um, if you just turned twenty one and you don't know any better, this is probably your kind of dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've been watching TikTok for a year, waiting to turn twenty one. Like I can't wait to try that Corona thing. <laughs> corona thing. <laughs> oh man, it's I, I'll I will say this: the best part about this drink is the tequila. Yeah. And like and like I said, so, anytime you add tequila to a situation, you're probably gonna have a better situation than what you had before. So yeah. I was seeing and and I'll for whatever it's worth, I'm almost like mine's almost gone. Mm-hmm. And um I was hoping like I kept drinking it, hoping that it would like I had didn't have it mixed up right or something, and it would change when I got down to the bottom or something. I had it mixed perfectly because it tasted the same all the way through. That's funny. <laughs> I've I've changed the taste of mine because I added more tequila and grenadine. Um, mm-hmm. and I think maybe there's something to be said about getting more Corona out at the beginning. Yeah, maybe. I don't think we drank them down far. Which I I mean, I'm just watching the people on TikTok how they do it, and they would drink it down to about right there. Of course, then I also I, now that I'm thinking about it, like almost all of them spewed. Stuff they as they were adding it back in, it was like all the way full of rim and it was spewing over everywhere. And so I was like, eh, oh well, yeah. Well, hey, hey so, now we've done it and we don't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not gonna do that for next, um, next Cinco, Cinco de, Mayo. de Mayo. So maybe we'll drink a different Mexican beer, those Equis, or we'll find something else. But, yeah, dude, for St. Patty's Day one year, we should do a, a green beer. Just add green. We should try that. Yeah, that'd be is. fun. So, but there, there we have it. There's the Corona Sunrise from TikTok. I'm gonna and take my um, leftover orange juice and make myself a little alternative mixed drink here. We're uh, we're we're done with that. So um, now we're gonna move into our. We're gonna continue our study in First Peter, and uh, we'll get right into that here in just a second. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that catastrophe that was us <laughs> attempting to make a mixed drink. That was a little bit of chaos. It really was. And we apologize for that. But we're trying to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yes, we um, are. And, and different con- – I mean, we're we're getting to the point where we need different content anyway. And so that's what, I had the idea. And I was like – I texted Michael. I was like, all right, hear me out. What do you think about – Corona drinks on Cinco de Mayo, but the TikTok version. He was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So that's the last time we just roll with an idea for many from either of us, really. We're gonna do a little more research before we decide. TikTok will not be influencing our drink decisions from here on out. Well, unless they have again, I yeah. think that was more operator error than the it actual drink was. itself. But anyway, so this. what do we Yeah, go ahead. Um all right. What so- do you no? You'll say this. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll I'll say this. I had a little bit of orange juice left over, so I topped a little bit of tequila in with my little bit of orange juice and a little bit of grenadine. That was better than the Corona Sunrise. I'm just, you know, for what it's worth. Orange juice, tequila, and 
grenadines. I'm to the bottom good. of my bottle, and I think it's just tequila. Well, that's the good part then. It's not bad. <laughs> getting so, that corona out. It's not a bad getting idea. Getting the corona out. Well, tonight we're going to talk about being holy. <laughs> because. <laughs> oh, man. It, could, it couldn't have worked out for a better week. It really couldn't have. Thank you, God, for providence. Um, so we're in First Peter. Last week, we really covered a lot. We covered the whole introduction and the first half of First Peter chapter 1. Um, and we talked about our living hope. <clears throat> we're building on our, our inheritance. Um, and we're going to continue to build on that t- tonight and really over the, just the next couple of weeks. Um, but we're going to focus tonight on chapter 1 of First Peter, and we're going to spend a lot of time in 13 through 16. So I'm going to read the verses real quick, and then we're just going to talk about them. So picking up 1 Peter 1, verse 13, Therefore, and uh, in my old Baptist pastor voice, when you see a therefore, you got to know what it's there for. Sorry, had to do that. It's funny as I wrote that down in our notes. (laughs) What's it there for? What's it there for? Uh, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So, Peter is is uh, is really kind of just diving into this whole this whole action thing right here, and and what you're going to see from the book of First Peter is that this is a very very instructive book for Christians, for the Christian lifestyle, for the Christian worldview, um, the way that Christians should respond, the way that Christians are to act. First yeah. um, Peter is a really good book for. For that, and, yeah. and it really it builds a lot on Habakkuk, which we just came from. Yeah, and and Peter, I think, is also going to show like the life of a believer isn't to be stagnant, mm-hmm. like it's it's to be an active, um, active, ever moving life, and you know, and, and I'm very guilty of this, just like being complacent with where I am or not being as active as. I should be in regards to sharing my faith or serving or praying or doing the things I know I should be doing. Um, but Peter is saying the the life of a believer, you are to be ready at all times for action, for, yes. for action, for the gospel, for Jesus. And, and it's, you know, Peter's challenging his readers here to always be ready yeah. for that action. Side note, we're going to get to that action in uh, chapter 3, so a little teaser there. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, it's interesting in the notes that you... Um, so, Anthony has done a very in, in-depth study of First Peter before, um, and so we're kind of using those as our... Like, I'm using those as kind of a outline, so to speak, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, your, your note here says that um, where Peter says prepare your minds for action literally reads to gird up the loins of your minds. My Bible actually has that in the like reference at the bottom where in that verse, uh, verse 13, mm-hmm. 
therefore gird the loins of your mind. And so yeah. it's this, it's this mental, it's this like mental picture of like, like almost like hiking up your shorts or your pants or yeah. like girls, your dresses or whatever. And like getting ready to run. Yeah. Like girding up, like girding yourself up. But Peter's saying this, saying this in regards to the mind. Yeah. So um, if you've ever watched any uh, TV show, movie, um, anything regarding the first century, you, you notice that all of the people, men, women, everybody wears like robes. It looks like mm-hmm. bathrobes and stuff. And so what Peter was talking about when he says, gird up the loins of your mind, girding your loins um, in, in ancient context was actually, I mean, it was a real thing. Um, yeah. And what they would do, it was it was a certain way that they would take the robe, the garment that they wore, um, and they would literally tie it up. And okay. so it would it would take like this dress type thing or this robe type thing, and it would convert it into shorts so that you could run. Right. So it's a it's a very action oriented process. Um, it's something that that says I'm ready for what's coming at me, you know. Um, in, in in a lot of days, so I guess the the weirdest, maybe possibly the most visual conception that I can give of this is a sumo wrestler is somebody who actually already has his loins girded. Mm. Um, okay. The little like thing that they wear, whatever that thing is like called. A, I don't even know like what it's called. Like a diaper thong is what yeah, it looks the, like. <laughs> the diaper thong thing, basically. Um, it, that's that's essentially what they're doing to their robe. They're tying it up. They're tying it around their waist. They're they're freeing up their legs so that they can move very very quickly. Um, and it was it was uh, a trait of nomadic people. It was a trait of a lot of people in that time who needed to move around very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Peter is building on this inheritance language that he just came out of, and he's saying this inheritance language is your inheritance should push you into action. You should be ready. You should be prepared. You should be on your guard to to just spring into action as soon as something happens. Right. Um, and so so that's that prepare your mind uh, for action, prepare your your worldview, prepare everything, know everything that's that's gonna happen being aware of your surroundings, and then part of that also is going to be being sober-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, this this is going to bring up the alcohol debate. Uh, we don't we don't mean to bring up the alcohol debate, but that he's not saying don't drink, and when he's saying be sober-minded, he's saying don't be drunk because somebody who is drunk, who is beyond their mental capacities, and they can't function. That's somebody who's not prepared. That's somebody who does not have yeah. to, to push it back. They don't have their minds prepared for action. Yeah. My- and so don't be drunk, mm-hmm. but set your hope fully on the grace, and, and that's that's what comes from Christ Jesus. Yeah. My translation actually says, instead of being, instead of be sober-minded, says being self-disciplined, which yep. I think is, I mean, it's a good, like, not... I'm not saying it's a better, but to me, like self-discipline applies to all aspects of your life, including your consumption of alcohol, whether you're, you know, sober or drunk. Um, right. And, and so, you know, the self-discipline aspect of it being, I mean, that's a, that's an important part of our walk is being self-disciplined. It's, you know, there, 
as a believers, we shouldn't have to be like, um, Oh, what's the word? Like as believers, we shouldn't have to be like forced to do the things we know we should be doing. Um, or we shouldn't be for, we shouldn't feel forced to be prepared for those things. Yeah. Um, it should, it should be like this discipline that we have, have created within ourselves and not even we, but that Jesus has given us. Yeah. Um, it's like an internalized discipline, you know, there's, there's, there's people who do things a certain way because they're supposed to. And then there's people who do things a certain way because that's like, they've, they've, that's become part of who they are. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think about people who, who seem to always know how to respond to a situation. You know, we would call them discipline. Well, I would call that internalized discipline. That's somebody who they don't have to react. They don't have to think about it. They just know because they've internalized that discipline. And, right. and, and that discipline comes from knowing Scripture, studying the Bible, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you are self-disciplined, when you are focused on what it is you're supposed to be learning— you're naturally going to trend to setting your hope on the grace that that comes from Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and and so these these three commands that that come right out of the gate here in verse 13 and you know we we made the joke about therefore but the therefore really is i mean it's it's a pivotal word every single time just about every single time that's used mm-hmm. um you have what, you the mean argument that Peter's. It's what? not. It's not just like a pastor trying to be like cute and be like, <laughs> make sure you're paying attention because anytime it's, it says it, that's right. Well, it is definitely pastors being cute, but but it's also a great rhetorical uh, device for for people who write and right. and so when they're making their arguments and and the thing that I always think about like when you're doing like resolutions, you know be it resolved this and then be it resolved that. And then it says, whereas, whereas, whereas these things, and then says, be it resolved. So this is kind of the, therefore is always kind of this, this because of this argument, therefore you should do this. Mm -hmm. And so Peter is building on what we talked about last week, the inheritance. Um, He's building on that. And he's saying, because of your inheritance, you should be prepared for action. You should be self-disciplined. You should set your, your, uh, thoughts on the grace, set your hope on the grace that is before you that is in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And these three commands are going to set up and really pivot on what we read in the next two verses. Right. Yeah. So take us take yeah. us on take us yeah, on down so, through it. Yeah, so Peter like he transitions from this like um where he's setting up the the guarding up your loins language and being self-controlled like he set that up and now he's he really transitions to this using the parent child relationship to explain how we're supposed to live as believers. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse 14, um, he, he opens it up with as obedient children. Um, and, and he's pointing out here that our lives are to be defined not by our status or anything like that, but by our relationship in, or by our obedience to God, mm-hmm. like that's that's how our lives are to be defined. Um, you know, Peter is saying this is literally meaning like children of obedience. Yeah. Um, you know, people who are, those who are in God's family 
um, their lives are defined by obedience to Christ. And, and, you know, we identify as Christians, we identify as believers of G- in Jesus. And with that comes the expectation that we are obedient to him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that we should be striving for. Does it mean we're a hundred percent obedient all the time? No, because just like a child is not a hundred percent obedient to its parent all the time, especially yeah. if you have a three nager like like I talked about, <laughs> like it's almost like everything's like or lined a four nager, yeah. So, but like, but like as parents, we understand that our kids are not going to be obedient. I, I mean, I've been seeing it for almost two years now, and I have a three year old where my son is. You know, I, it's not. I don't think it's intentional now, but he's you know, uh, he started to. He was starting to do, you know, things I was trying not to for him not to do. He's been doing yeah. it for almost two years, and he's only three. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as obedient children, Peter is saying, "Look, if you're saying you're a follower of Jesus, you are a child of God. You are yeah. expected to be obedient to Him." And and that is the standard that we as Christians should hold ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything you want to add there? No, man. You you nailed that. Okay, one. That cool. Was, I think that was better than when I taught it. I was like, that go. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I don't know where it came from, but sweet. Okay, so then so then Peter moves into so he says, you know, as obedient children, do not be conformed to uh-huh. the desires of your former ignorance. Um, and that the former ignorance thing is means as we were before we met Christ, before we came to Jesus. Um, and it's this idea that we are not permanent residents here on this earth. Our inheritance is somewhere else. Right. We're just we're just traveling. We're just passing through um, on our way to something greater. Um, but that also means that our lifestyle should not be or should be patterned by our obedience to God in a holy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be focusing on what is our natural human instinct, which a lot of times is things like greed, pride, lust, um, really a lot of sins actually, now that I think about it. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) but you know, you know, it comes back to this identity thing where, if we are saying we're followers of Jesus, we are children of his, we're children of God. Mm-hmm. Our life should look very different than those who do not follow Jesus. That's right. Um, uh, you know, when, when we talk about not being conformed, the, the verse that always pops in my mind is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, and if you don't know Rome, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's Paul writing to the church in Rome, and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, th- those verses are kind of like a they're like a Christian staple. I think if you know when you're going through a new believers course, you have to learn those two verses every single time, but mm-hmm. some something that I, I've noticed that, that I've learned going through a study of Romans in the past is Romans is actually a really, really interesting book, and if you've ever studied Romans, you're going to know what I'm talking about here. So Romans 9, 10, and 11 are, are three very controversial chapters in the book of Romans. 
um, to the point where some some scholars have argued that Romans nine, ten, and eleven don't actually belong at Romans nine, ten, and eleven. Mm. Um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna read the end of Romans eight and then skip to Romans twelve. And I want you to hear this argument. If you're familiar with Romans eight, it's an encouragement. It's an encouraging chapter. Um, he's he ends Romans eight talking about the love of God, the everlasting love of God for those that He has redeemed. Um, and so I'm just going to pick up right in verse 39. So you know, uh, the verse 38, 37, and 38 are the "You're more than conquerors" uh, verses, and then verse 39: "Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation." will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Chapter 12. Therefore, I appeal to you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices. It's it's almost like those three chapters are like a paraphrase or they're set off by commas or Paul is, he's he's rabbit trailing something. I, you know, I, I completely affirm that it should be there. And that it is it is delivered to us, you know, as Jude says, the for for the edification of the church, the faith wants delivered to the saints. Um, but it, it's really interesting when you read the book of Romans and you skip chapters nine, ten, and eleven and go from eight to twelve, because if you tie the end of eight to the beginning of twelve like that, you have this this thing where you, Paul is saying, "Look at all these things that God has done for you." Neither life nor death nor uh, principalities nor rulers. None of these things are going to be are going to be able to touch you. Therefore, offer yourselves as living sacrifices to God, mm. and and that becomes a basis for how we're supposed to do what what First Peter or what Peter is talking about here in chapter one, mm-hmm. where we're not in our former ignorance anymore. We're not in the lives that we used to live. We have been transformed. Corinthians says, you know, you're a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. So we've been transformed. We're something different than we used to be. And so we need to live like it. We need to act like it. And mm-hmm. we need to be prepared for it. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it really points to, to what I think is the culmination here of, of this section right here is. Yeah. Uh, dang it. My, I changed turn the page. Um, is verse 16 where yeah. Peter's where P- Peter calls back to um, Leviticus the, the book of Leviticus here where he says where it says be holy because I am holy mm-hmm. and, and, and you know the, the this idea of being holy you know P- Peter saying we are called to be holy um, yes and, and this is this is an effectual calling that sets us apart from those who aren't called um, yeah it's it's funny I have a tattoo that is um, is a uh, Yahweh Makadashkim in Hebrew, mm-hmm. and 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 Makadashkim it, it means uh, the Lord who sets you apart, mm-hmm. and that whole idea of being being called to be holy. Like we are we are set apart from those who do not follow God. We are set right. apart. We are called to live differently. And Peter is saying, you as believers, you are called to live differently than the world around you. Not right. not called to 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 condone the world around. You. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not called to, but we are called to live a different life than those that are around us. Um, and, and to be holy is to be separate from like, like we, we are not to, not to alienate ourselves from the world, not to be, right. not to be of the world, but we are to be in the world. 
Yeah. Um, in everything we do, we should be striving for holiness. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and uh, you know it, it's funny because so many people interpret that so many different ways, or, mm-hmm. or they try to apply that. I say they interpret it; they try to apply that in so many different ways, and that's how we get really a lot of the different views of Christians. You go, you know, you can go all the way from fundamentalism, which would say, you know, you have to adhere to these strict rules and these strict guidelines, and you have to wear. Um, these certain types of clothes and women can't wear these types of clothes and um, you get that all the way over to the the you know almost the polar opposite of fundamentalism where it's like everything's okay and you can accept everything and it doesn't matter what you believe and and we have these these polar opposite these bipolar types of of uh, views and and really and truly the the truth is in the is close to the center of that, and and that's where, that's where the majority of the Christian worldview comes from, is right. is finding the balance in all of this stuff, you know, and, that, and and really and truly, I mean, that's that's kind of the heart of this podcast is is to find the balance in what does the Bible teach about alcohol, what does the Bible teach about these things, whatever you know, pick your controversial topic. Um, and and then really sit down and say what does the Bible teach about it and then how has man messed it up? Mm-hmm. Um, what doctrines of man have have really messed up what the Bible actually says? Because you know I don't I don't want to agree with everybody, but what I do want to do is have a conversation about it. If you yeah. disagree with me and you feel like it's important enough, then let's sit down and let's have a conversation about it. You know if you believe that alcohol is wrong and and nobody should drink alcohol then let's sit down and let's have a conversation about it don't condemn me for my view and i won't condemn you for your view mm-hmm. um you know uh even if you do condemn me for my view i'm still not going to condemn you for your view right. because it's it's very much like um the change my mind guy yeah where, oh, where Steven he, crowder yeah yeah it's very <laughs> much like him where he's saying look um i have this idea of this controversial topic I'm inviting mm-hmm. you to come to the table and try to and try to convince me I'm wrong, but I'm yeah. also going to provide. You know, he's always very well prepared. I don't know yeah. if you ever watched him, <laughs> but he's always very prepared to, with with data, facts, research. Like he mm-hmm. he doesn't walk into it blind. Like oh, I just whatever. Um, yeah. But but you know, as but you know, especially as I mean, this is our podcast is kind of controversial if you think about it. Like the like yeah. mixing alcohol in the bible especially where we live is not typically <laughs> like okay to do um, we're in the buckle of the bible belt just in case you were yeah. wondering <laughs> so and, and i mean so so it's you know you can't i don't think as believers you do yourself a service if you just take what your pastor says from the pulpit as gospel without doing the research, without doing some additional research on your own. And I'm not saying that like pastors who condone um, or condemn alcohol are bad people or, you know, I don't believe that. I believe that they are very well-intentioned people um, and they have strong convictions and I respect and, you know, I understand those convictions. I just happen and Anthony just happens to have a different opinion about how about what the bible says about the consumption of alcohol 
Yeah. Something that we, I think I may have mentioned it before. I can't remember if I have or not, but there is a really, really beneficial article by a guy named Albert Moeller um, who would disagree with us on this, on this topic. Uh, you know, I've heard him talk about it and he would disagree with us, but he has an article written years ago called uh, the need for theological triage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. if you know anything about emergency rooms, you know what triage is and, and you basically order certain things. This is a, this is a primary, this is a secondary, and this is a tertiary, you know, um, in the, in the ER world, a primary is like a dude just comes in and has been shot six times with a, with a gun and he's bleeding to death. That mm-hmm. guy gets precedent over the person who has a common cold and is sniffling a little bit. You know, they have to wait while the guy who got shot is getting, uh, getting treated. And so, and what he says is is we need to apply that that concept of triage to the theological realm. There are first order things. There are things that are gospel gospel importance. Um, the Trinity, the person and work of Jesus Christ, the you know the virgin birth. There there are things that we have to believe to be able to call ourselves Christians. Those are first order things, and mm-hmm. there's second order things, things that we can disagree on but still be a Christian. Um, the consumption of alcohol, should you uh, baptize babies, uh, immersion versus sprinkling, um, you know, the modes of baptism. Those are second-level things. And then there are those things can keep us from uh, a specific denomination, and that's why we have Presbyterians and Baptists and Anglicans and Episcopalians, because they all believe different things about these, these sects, but we all fall underneath the, the flag of Christendom. Um, and then you have tertiary things, the third level things that are things that are so mundane that they shouldn't keep us really from being friends with people. Um, eschatology, your view on the millennium, um, your view on you know what type of clothes people should wear, that kind of stuff. When you get get down to to legalism, you get down to this thing where people are taking third order stuff and they're making it first order importance. They're saying mm-hmm. you're not a Christian if you don't believe the King James Bible. You're not a Christian if you don't uh, if women wear pants. They're not they're not Christians. You know that that kind of legalistic stuff is is promoting third level tertiary stuff into first first order gospel oriented stuff. Yeah, I, I've so, heard it said keep first things first. Exactly, exactly. Keep first things first. And and all of that is going to fall into this Christian worldview. And and our Christian worldview is simply that we're supposed to be imitators of God. You know, that's why Peter here references the Leviticus passages passage where he says, "Be holy because I am holy." The whole point of that is to say, "Imitate me. Do as I have done." That's why Paul encouraged people, you know, in in the book of Galatians, he says, you know, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's what we are as Christians. We're imitators. Um, but we've got to be careful about the things that we imitate. Yeah. Um, because right now, the the church, by and large, um, is is imitating things that, that I believe that it should not be. You know, politics, um, this the the cultural scene that is you know people are trying to fit in with the cultural scene they're imitating the cultural scene yeah. they're adapting to it and and specifically in scripture we are commanded to be like Christ we're commanded to be like God we're supposed yeah. to be holy as God is holy well how do we imitate that well we study his word we don't study um or we don't try to apply 
uh, intersectionality and and CRT to our lives. You know, we can know what those things are. We can study those things, but we don't try to apply them to our lives. Yeah. And so there's there's a big difference there, and and I think the church needs to to reexamine and refocus itself on where it's going with all that. Yeah. As as people who call ourselves Christians, we bear the name of Christ. Yeah. And we are, you know, like you said, we are to be imitators of Him, mm-hmm. first and foremost, and exclusively. And and anything, any identity that comes after that is just is secondary and mm-hmm. tertiary. You know, yeah. primarily as followers of Jesus, we are bearers of His likeness. And, and that should be what we should be striving for. And any other identity, whether it's as uh, husbands, fathers, wives, mothers, um, what you know, where you like, what church you're a part of, like that gets into like tertiary and and yeah. and fourth tier stuff too. So, but like, like our identities should there should be no doubt who we find our identity in. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, that's uh, that's really the the gist. That's kind of the discussion there on First Peter thirteen through sixteen. Um, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it on into a little bit more uh, of First Peter next week. We're gonna continue talking about being imitators of Christ. Um, I'm gonna kind of keep this discussion going. Um, so we hope you'll join us next week for for part two of being being imitators being. Um, people who reflect God to the world around you. And we promise we'll bring back beer next week. We're not going to do, uh, we're not bringing back mixed drinks next week. So I don't know. What, I don't know what we're going to do next week. But anyway, <laughs> Michael, if they want to find us on social media, where would they find us? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram. We are there at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter. At Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for our new logo. Um, and then you can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you in on any and all of those platforms. Uh, Anthony and I both have, ac- have access to both of them, or have both have access to all of them. That's how yes. I should have said that. And because um, there's four, so there's more than two. Um, but we, you know, if you reach out to us, there's a good chance we'll both respond. So yeah. um, we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about anything we've been discussing or any beers you'd like for us to try here on the podcast, we could give you a shout out and and say, hey, this was suggested by so and so, and and we would love to do that. There you are. So until next week, um, if you want to try Corona Sunrise, be our guest. Have at it. Um, only got three losers from us, but my wife really liked it. Well, there you go. She she it, made she went downstairs and made one. Is all I'm saying. It's a girly drink, so there you go. It is. It makes sense. So, <laughs> so until next week, keep your beer cold and keep your Bible discussion uh, flowing and open. And uh, we will see you later. Peace out. <laughs>